1: That's right, you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. It's episode number 286, Wild at Heart. Um, I I mean, just real quick, right off the bat, I, we're probably going to give away the tone of how we feel about this movie very early on when I say that uh, it might have been better if this Wild at Heart podcast was a podcast related to the book that was written by a Christian author back in the late 90s regarding the uh, crisis of a loss of masculinity in the modern church. That's not what this book or this movie is about. Um, but <laughs> might've enjoyed that one more.
0: <laughs> we
1: might've lucked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody's looking for that book, it's by John Eldridge. It was a pretty good book. I read it back in the day, but, um, this podcast is not for that book. So, um, yeah, this is, um, this is wild at heart and, and we're going to get there in just a moment. Pat, how are you doing? I'm okay, John. I'm, uh, I'm, I, you, you're I'm make, okay. You're making it through. Okay.
0: I, I'm making it through. Okay. I've okay. got my typical questions that I ask, um, mm-hmm. you know when this thing comes up, do you mind
1: during this podcast? Do you mind if I call you peanut?
0: (laughs) Call me peanut. Go right ahead.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, Well, Bo couldn't be with us tonight. I think this movie uh, finished him off. uh, So he wasn't, he wasn't able to be here with us to record. So I'm I'm sure he's devastated. Um, But you know, it's, it's how it went this time. So, mm-hmm. um, but yes, this is episode number 286, Wild at Heart. Very, very quickly, we spoil the movies we talk about, we spoil everything. So just be warned. This is the only kind of spoiler alert we're given for anything. We're just going to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, iTunes reviews, please leave a five star review. Um, have it it's say. All except. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, have it say this. Listening to the 30 something movie podcast has been such a life changing event. Um, not only are they. Um, you know, they they might be um, guys who ramble on about movies, but on the other hand, they have beautiful singing voices.
0: <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm.
1: There we go. Um, you could, or whatever you want to write. We really don't care. Uh, visit our website thirty podcastcom So three zero podcast dot com. You can find us on all the social medias at three zero podcast. So, Patrick, we're here to talk about Wild at Heart. Are you? Well, I don't even know if should start with this. Are you wild about this movie, Pat? <laughs> I, I was, you were,
0: I, I was, I was just beyond exce- No, I'm, I'm really, I'm really not. I don't even, I
1: don't even have the energy to come up with some quippy comment. <laughs> I don't even I, have that. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, this, I, I think I will say that for all of us and, and I do like to throw some of these in from time to time. Cause I know we, sure. we kind of let our, we kind of let our audience vote on some movies a little bit. And then, um, you know, we obviously kind of vote on what, which ones we want to do and, and stuff yeah. like that every once in a while. And, um and, 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 I'll tell more about this here in just a minute. Uh, My wife asked me this the other day. She said, so how did this one get through? And I said, well, you know, sometimes I like to just throw stuff in that I've never even heard of before. If if it looks, Mm -hmm. if it's got actors that I'm like, oh, well, that's a great combination of actors. Even if I've never heard of it, you know, never seen it before, never heard of it. I might just pepper in a few of those here and there each year, just so we can, just so there's a surprise here and there, you know, because we could, we could go through, all these years and say oh we're only going to do movies that we absolutely loved well then you know that what's the use of having a podcast where you just I mean I guess that could be fun too but um you know I I like to be surprised every now and then of course so this and this one was I, I guess a bit of a surprise so how did you
0: get to this one I mean, was it well, so certain cast one,
1: members that you just wanted to see? It was it was the cast. I knew that when I saw that it was Nicolas Cage, Willem Dafoe, Laura Dern, um, Harry Dean Stanton. I mean, I, I, Isabella Rossellini. I mean, all these different people. I'm like, wow, that's a that's a pretty big cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I read the description, uh, the quick little description of what the movie was about, and I thought, you know what, this movie sounds a lot like a uh, like a Kill Bill or something like that, where you know you've got you know, you've got a whole bunch of celebrities, like you've got big name people in these different roles, and they, they might, they might be kind of quirky, um, and so I thought, you know what, let's just throw it in there, but I think also this one, um, and, and I know, Pat, sometimes you have a lot of fun with these movies, this mm-hmm. one was one of those that I think showed up, I looked at a couple of different websites that said, like, you know, here are the top 50 or top 25 underrated movies of 1990 or here are the top movies that you just absolutely must see before you die and there's a ton of those articles out there on the internet but I try to go to ones that are maybe a little bit more either sure reputable or have a little bit more gravitas behind them Mm
0: -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. think
1: that this was one of those you know it was on a website of hey if you're looking at movies in 1990 or the early 90s you know this is one that maybe not a lot of people have seen but you should check it out so I was like well all right. Between the combination of uh, actors that are in this movie, and you know that at least reading the storyline, I was like, oh, well, that could be kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And then finding this in a couple of different places, I was like, well, yeah, why not? Let's just throw it in there, right? So, right. so that, that's why we threw it in there. Um, I will say before we jump into because I don't think I have a whole lot of uh, movie news stuff, and, and we're recording some of these a little bit further ahead of time. So any news we bring up now, you're going to hear it like three weeks from now. Um, I don't think I have any movie news, so I, I will say this real quick just before we we jump on into the like the background info on the movie. I actually went back because this is a David Lynch movie, and the only other David Lynch movie we've done on the podcast was Blue Velvet.
0: Okay, was the same? This was the
1: same guy, same director. Okay, does that answer a lot of questions for you? It it really does. I okay. Because, and here's what's funny, I actually went back, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I went back and I listened to our Blue Velvet episode Mm -hmm. just to see what did we say about that one.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I will be curious to see if we say the exact same things about that one that we're going to say about this one.
0: Uh, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: So we'll we'll find out. But uh, if anybody else is interested in listening back to that episode, that was a whopping three and a half years ago. Uh, It was episode number 103. Um, The title of that episode is Lend Me Your Ears. And it came out actually on my birthday in 2016, came out December 6, 2016. So it's our episode number 103. If you want to go back and listen to the Blue Velvet episode. Um, and I think we kind of came to the conclusion that we're not saying that David Lynch is a bad director. We're just saying maybe David Lynch isn't our cup of tea. Right. So, and I, that may have held true in this one too.
0: Just maybe. Yeah. There's a, there's a strong possibility.
1: Yeah. Now, I know my my dad, I, I, I've i never actually watched it. My dad really liked the TV series Twin Peaks. Have you ever watched Twin Peaks? Uh, no. No, I okay. have not. Okay. Because I remember my dad really liked that and would watch that a lot. Um, have you ever seen, and I have not, and I know we've probably got a few listeners that are going to start screaming at their, at their speakers as soon as I say this, I've never actually seen the uh, movie Dune before. Have you ever seen that? I have seen Dune. You have seen Dune. Do you like Dune?
0: I like Dune. In fact, I'm excited for the re- make of dune
1: i know coming I, out i want to see the original because I've, I've still never seen the original i want to see that before and i've never read the book before either but
0: it, it's well and that was the other thing my brother is talking we're we're thinking about um we're thinking about uh you know reading through the book again in, in anticipation of the new thing coming out but mm-hmm. uh um anyways yeah continue yeah.
1: dune is pretty cool but anyway um he's also the director of dune so so i don't know I I just it seems like there's a combination of stuff that maybe maybe when he's allowed to just unleash and and go with his own personal style, it's just not one that we necessarily sure. enjoy. Yeah, I that's my take on it.
0: Yeah, I I, I guess I, I I'm just curious now. It's kind of like I'm just curious as to you know what what are we trying to tell? Mm-hmm. You know, and I would like someone don't have to look very far to find, but I mean, I would like someone to tell me, you know, everything that I'm missing, like, <laughs> like, why, why is this awesome? Explain it to me.
1: Explain I'm, it to I'm, me. I'm laughing, Pat, because that's almost word for word, what you said two, three and a half years ago. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> I I that's- think. I think part of your exact words were, you know how when you play a role-playing game and they have all of the like supplemental books that explain to you everything that was in the first role-playing book? (laughs) I need the supplemental books. That was what you said when we were talking about Blue Velvet. (laughs) You said, I just need somebody. I don't know what I watched and I need someone to sit down and explain to me what I watched and what I was supposed to get out of it.
0: Oh my gosh, that's funny. That's almost exactly what you said. Well, the quote, James Kirk in Wrath of Khan, Mm -hmm. he's consistent. I'll give this to him.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: I'll give him that.
1: All right. Well let's jump on into the background info on this one, then we'll get going and, do and it. Maybe, do it. maybe as we talk through it we'll change our minds. Maybe. Maybe
0: this is a no, masterpiece.
1: I, maybe. Well, <laughs> let's let's find out. All right. Well, this one's called Wild at Heart. Came out on the seventeenth of August nineteen ninety, rated R with a runtime of two hours and five minutes, directed by a Soft R. I can't I, I, I
0: don't I, I could see this definitely being a PG thirteen, you know, possibly. <laughs> you
1: know this I'm is this saying. is the uh pat Canagalo sarcasm hour ladies and gentlemen
0: i would say and this does not bode well okay listening audience <laughs> i'm sorry because when i start when i start interrupting the monologue that's never a good sign <laughs> i'm sorry. gonna here's me cranking my boom mic away okay and i'm muting <laughs> so my boom microphone is mm-hmm. away from my mouth i'm muting mm-hmm. i'll quiet down i'm sorry John. Uh-huh. no you're Continue. good you're i'm good. sorry you're good i'm sorry too
1: no, you're you're fine. We're all sorry. We're we're all sorry here. How are you? Um directed by David Lynch, who did Dune Blue Velvet and Twin Peaks. Produced by Steve Golan, who died in twenty nineteen, Monty Montgomery and Sig Sigon Sigvatson. I apologize to everyone in the Scandinavian countries because I just pictured (laughs) that horribly. That was a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, Golan did Spotlight and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Montgomery did The Portrait of a Lady and Sigvatsen did Killer Elite and Wind River. Writers Writers for this one were Barry Gifford did the novel and David Lynch did the screenplay. Gifford also did Lost Highway and Hotel Room. Lynch did Dune, Blue Velvet, and Twin Peaks. Cinematography by Frederick Elms. He did The Dead Don't Die, Blue Velvet, and River's Edge. Music by Angelo Badalamenti. He did Blue Velvet, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, and Christmas Vacation. Budget on this one was $10 million. Box office was $14.6 million in North America. The reviews, the Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 65%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it an 81%. So the audience way higher than the critics on this one. Uh, IMDb gives it a 72 Letterbox gives it a 74 CinemaScore did not have one for this one. Probably didn't open in enough theaters for it to be a CinemaScore deal. Uh, starring Nicholas Cage. It was, is, for,
0: it was hard for the people to be understood when they were like being interviewed with bags on their heads. So Well, I, that's,
1: that may also be true. Yeah. That may also be true. Oh, I, speaking of, so I, we'll, we'll get to the the actors and everything here in just a second, but that was the other thing, that there was a story that I had read back when we did Blue Velvet, and I was just listening to the episode, so maybe the reason why the audience score is so high and the critics score is so low is that if you're going to see this you know that you're going to like the David Lynch movie I don't think you'd go mm-hmm. see it if you didn't you know didn't already have watched his movies and true you know true. enjoyed them and whatever um, I, I told a story in the first one that I had found as I was looking up stuff for Blue Velvet back a couple of years ago and the story was that in one of the early showings of that movie um, somebody had had a heart attack he was rushed to the emergency room and as soon as he was stabilized, he got up, left the emergency room and wanted to get back to the theater so he could finish the movie. Hmm. So apparently if you really like David Lynch's movies, you'll just get that heart attack over with quickly and get back to the theater. Yeah, I guess it's so there it is, man. Mm, there it is. All right. Well, starring Nicholas Cage as Sailor Ripley. He was in the rock and face off both movies. So much more fun than this one. Uh, Laura Dern played Lula. She was in Jurassic Park and Marriage Story. Willem Dafoe played Bobby Peru. He was in Spider-Man and the Last Temptation of Christ. Crispin Glover played Dell. He was in Back to the Future and River's Edge. Diane Ladd played Marietta Fortune. She was in Christmas Vacation and Chinatown. Isabella Rossellini played Perdita. She was in Death Becomes Her and Blue Velvet. Harry Dean Stanton, who died in 2017, played Johnny Farragut. He was in Repo Man and Alien. J.E. Freeman, who died in 2014, played Santos. He was in Miller's Crossing and Patriot Games. And Calvin Lockhart, who died in 2007, played Reggie. He was in Predator 2 and Coming to America. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a second. Can I talk to Lula? You are not going to see him ever. Like hell. I'd go to the far end of the world for you, baby. A man can't ask for more than that. You move me, sail. You really do.
0: You want me to shoot Sailor in the brains with a gun?
1: Uh oh. rental guidance. Baby, you better run me back to the hotel. You got me hotter in Georgia asphalt. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah. This whole world, wild at heart and weird on top. All right, here we go. Let's just let's just buckle down and let's just get through this. All right, like a like a kid sitting down to dinner when you know there's a giant heaping plate of broccoli in front of you. Let's just get through this. I l- I like broccoli, John. I I do too. See, I like broccoli, so that probably wasn't a very good analogy.
0: This this wasn't
1: broccoli. Uh, liverwurst. Do you like liver?
0: About as much as I like tongue.
1: Yeah. Okay. I've heard that about you. Um, so the questions, oh. questions that we typically ask are from the book Focus, The Art and Soul of Cinema by Tony Watkins. Our first question is, and I, I'm going to probably figure I already know the answer, but the whole point of the podcast is for you to tell me the answer. Pat, how does this movie make you feel? Uh, let's just go, yeah. in, in, in fact, let's not even go like opinion of the movie. As mm-hmm. you watch this movie, what, emotion, what, what emotions did you feel? You're just like visceral reaction to this movie.
0: What's the emotion for like just feeling dirty? I mean, just, it just felt, and not like, oh, it was gritty. It was, no, it was just, just, just a, it was just unsettling. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and not, not in a, oh man, wow, that's a really poignant lesson that I Mm -hmm. should learn because boy, that's unsettling. Like, no, it was just. You felt uh, grimy. Grimy. That's a great one. That's how I felt watching this. I I just, it was just kind of, ah, kind Mm -hmm. of a feel to it. So what about yourself?
1: You know, so feeling wise, I will say I just didn't care. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I kind of knew knowing who the director was, knowing what I was getting myself into watching this and knowing that we didn't really care for blue velvet. Um, I kind of went into this one. It was like, okay, I'm going to, my expectations are, I'm just going to basically I'm going to hold my nose and I'm just going to step right in and we'll see how it goes. And it just was, yeah, (laughs) it was well here. So, so I'll tell you how this goes. We were, um, when we were going to watch this movie, it was, um, it was this last weekend, and we were going to watch this movie because I knew, oh, I gotta, we, were doing, we were originally going to do our recording of Ghost and this movie on the same night. Um, right, we right. had to kind of rearrange some things, but originally we were going to do two movies for this recording, and uh, I hadn't watched either one of them yet, and was running out of time, and I was like, you right. know what? I've seen Ghost before, so if I don't finish that one this time, totally fine, because I've seen it several times. Right. I'll, be, I'll be good if, if I don't get to that one. I've got to watch um, Wild at Heart, though. Right. Sure. So it had, I think it had been a little bit of a busy day and, and you know, it was, you know, we got the kids in bed and, and sat down at night and I had asked my wife before, I said, you know, I've got a couple of movies to watch. We've seen ghosts and I know you really like that one, but I got to try to watch this one first. Um, it's supposed to be a love story. To oh, which, no. Well, to which she asked, wait a minute, is this like how your dad always used to tell us that everything was a love story? Oh Tur- no. Turns out. Yes. Um, so, oh, no. <laughs> so we start to put this movie on Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure we got more than two minutes into the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm it was, out.
1: It was the opening scene where he starts to just bash the guy's head into the floor. Oh, I know. And and, and there's just blood everywhere. And I, that's as far as we got. As soon as it hit that scene, we just kind of, I was like, you know what? Life's too short. She's like, well, but, but you have to watch this one. I was like, no. She's like, okay, I'm not gonna argue with you this time. So um, no, we switched it off and we put on Ghost and we had a much more enjoyable evening um, yeah, you know, singing with the Righteous Brothers and 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 all that stuff. But that's that was kind of my initial reaction to this movie was I I put it on, and 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 we've watched you know my wife and I have watched movies before that they can be kind of intense. Um, sure. So it's not like we you know it's not like we always have to shy away from from that. But we just it was our first reaction was ugh no mm-hmm. no not not tonight. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's kind of like one of my one of my favorite uh, gifs that I like to use sometimes when somebody asks me to choose something I really don't want to choose or asks me to to do something I really don't want to do. I
0: mm-hmm. always
1: do the the animated gif of um oh god I'm gonna, I'm gonna blank out on what her name was from the Matrix when she goes not like this, not yeah. like this yeah yep yep yeah yep. So that's kind of how it was. It was like okay we, we gotta watch a movie for the podcast, not like this yeah. So, so that's, I mean, that, it's kind of the, the, same, how does it make you feel? If I want to talk about the movie as a whole, when I did finally watch through the whole thing is mm-hmm. just, I, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about any of these characters. Um, right. So, and we'll, we'll get more into that here in just a minute, but that was just kind of the initial reaction was no, no, thank you. Yeah and and i get it i mean i like i said i've i've seen movies like this before where it's a very you know it's it's a filmmaker it's it's not just a director it's a filmmaker he's making a film that has you know his own particular style and it's not the same style as going to see you know winter soldier or you know man of steel or star trek or something like that it's it's definitely a style that is meant to make you think more than you would normally think through an action movie or think through a romantic comedy or, or something like that. And that's fine. But I think I've just decided that his style is not my style. It's just mm-hmm. not one. I, there's plenty of other movies that make me think that I enjoy a whole lot more, even ones that make me feel kind of like, Ugh, yikes, that was intense. I just don't like his style. It's, it's not right. Me. I'm not saying it's bad, right? It's just not for me.
0: Right. Well, ditto on this end. And and again, I want to reiterate what I'd said earlier. Can someone just just explain it to me? Like, tell me why I should care about these characters and what they're doing to make them sympathetic characters. And like, kind of like, you're just like disinterested or detached or or however you describe that. I'm kind of asking the same thing. Like, uh, why should I care about this? You know, I mean, I, yeah.
1: So real quick, before we before we get too much further into it, the just mm-hmm. the, the the basic gist of the movie is um, you have uh, Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern are our two main characters, and it's uh, Nicolas Cage is Sailor, and Laura Dern is Lula. And the basic gist of the movie is that um, he, you kind of find out through the course of the movie that he was kind of running with a, a bad crowd, and um, somehow you find out a little bit later that he had some kind of dealings with Lula's father and was was present the night that her father was killed um but then what you find out is that uh, through the course of the movie the mother does not like him at all and and the mother you you kind of find out through the course of the movie that the mother is probably responsible for the father's death that she is the one that had him burned alive okay and the movie starts off where uh sailor and lula are, are on a date they're out somewhere and someone steps up and actually tries to stab him. And as you kind of find out throughout the course of the movie that the mother has tried to arrange this because she doesn't like him and she doesn't want him to have anything to do with her daughter. And the rest of the movie, I mean, he ends up beating the guy, smashing his face into a wall, smashing his face into the ground uh, and kills him and ends up going to prison for it. Movie Mm -hmm. jumps forward a few years and he gets out of prison and Lula comes to pick him up and they decide, look, we're going to break parole. We're just going to leave. We're going to drive to California. So we're just going to get out of here. We're getting we're we're off on our own. We don't care. We'll just be on the run. We love each other. That's all that matters. And the mother decides to then send both a, I think, a, a private detective and mm-hmm. a series of, you know, different bounty hunters, for lack of a better term, I guess, to right. go track them down and either either kill Sailor or put him back in jail because she just wants her daughter mm-hmm. to not have anything to do with him. Right. So we have this kind of weird menagerie of characters that show up throughout the course of this and and as it goes further on we find out that uh, Lula is pregnant as it gets uh-huh. a little bit closer to the end of the movie and it's just kind of it's it's very similar in a lot of ways to Blue Velvet. When we talked about Blue Velvet a few years ago, we said that one of the images that David Lynch used regularly was the image of insects he kept showing kind of bugs just below the surface yeah. of everything. And that's kind of the way this one is too is that everything they're passing through a bunch of small towns on their way through um, the countryside to get to California from where they were. And as they do that, it's just kind of a, I read an article somewhere that was talking about David Lynch's style and his style. A lot of times is to take the, the everyday average small town America and either outright tell you or show you in some way that there is just rot beneath the surface that the, the surface of everything is not as pristine as it might look. It's not as, you know, the small town Americana kind of feel. Yeah, it's all great, but there's horrible stuff beneath the surface of that. And that's kind of what you get as you go through these small towns that they're passing through and everything that happens to them is it's meant to be like a road trip movie. It's meant to be kind of a Bonnie and Clyde type of thing. It's meant to be a Romeo and Juliet type of thing, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of death and there's a lot of gore and there's a lot of just junk underneath the surface of everything mm-hmm. and that's kind of David, Lim- David Lynch's MO for his movies is it's a what I read in the article and the, I, I like the way they put it and I wrote it down and I then I can't find the piece of paper where I wrote it down um, it's kind of like it's small town America but a nightmarish version of small town America yeah through a lot of his story so that's the basic gist of the movie um, we can get to the very last scenes of the movie here in a little bit because I, I definitely have some comments about that and and, and how that all played out. But so let me ask you a tougher question. Cause I, I will get back to one of our questions is what doesn't work for this movie. And I think we've already said a few things, but so let me ask you this one and, and I'm going to ask you to try to come up with an answer. What in this movie does work for you? Are there, is there anything in this movie that you did enjoy? Can you look at it and go, Hey, you know what? The rest of it totally horrible. This piece of it was fine. Um, and, and I will, I will tell you that as listening to our blue velvet one, we both agreed that the music was a bright spot. So if you're an Elvis fan, you'll enjoy the music in this one. Yeah. I, I but mean, what, what works for you, Pat? Is there anything in this movie that works for you? And, and I would challenge you to come up with at least one thing. Come up
0: at least with one thing that worked for me. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'll say Nicholas Cage. Okay. You know, Nicholas Cage. I mean, it's kind of like, you know how every actor kind of has their thing. Mm-hmm. that they can fall back on. You know, Tom Cruise has his thing. You know, Harrison Ford has his thing. Uh, you go through the list and there's like, okay, if you, you know, it's almost like a no-brainer. You hire that actor or actress, and sure, they're going to reach a little bit and they have different roles, but then there's like a certain iconic, like, they can pull this guy off really, really well. Now, obviously, there's character actors that do that, but I'm saying like, you know, like the big mega stars – you know, they all have their, their type that they play very well, where it doesn't seem like acting. Do do you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. And it's like watching Nicolas Cage in this one, it was kind of like watching him develop that a little bit. Not now. And by develop, I mean, maybe like him working it out a little bit, but moreover, just him establishing that like, okay, if you're wanting to know who is Nick Cage as, as a, as an actor um you know what what are his characters what does he imbue in his characters like you're kind of seeing that develop you know what i'm saying i mean there's you know like and even it can be diverse movies but you know i know we're doing um ghost in a little bit or have we already done ghost
1: uh ghost will have been last week
0: okay so you know like uh
1: in the the time travel that we did
0: in the time travel that we did you know patrick swayze okay he is a very different character in this and uh, as compared to Roadhouse, as compared to um, uh, Dirty Dancing, but there's certain elements of that he brings to each character that are the same. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I mean. Harrison Ford. You know, Harrison Ford can, you know, he's definitely, you know, does great at the action roles, but his his bread and butter is a character that might be slightly out of their depth, maybe just a little bit, has to stretch a little bit, um, whether that's like Indiana Jones, who, you know, is just barely one step ahead of the bad guys, sometimes not, or whether that's like when he's playing Jack Ryan in the Tom Clancy things and that Achilles heel is that – or not Achilles heel, but that thing that he's trying to go, overcome is protection of his family mm-hmm. or to <clears throat> do the right thing when everyone else is not. Um you know, like, I, I'm kind of rambling, but do you get what I'm saying? Like, every mm-hmm. actor or actress has a, you know what, put them in this role. It can be a bad movie, but my gosh, it's fun watching them do that, their thing. And I think that's, it, I hope I'm explaining that the right way, but um, um, that's what watching this movie does is it shows, for me, it's like, oh man, that's Nicolas Cage, like, developing the Nicolas Cage thing, you mm-hmm. know, where it sounds yeah. like he's speaking like Elvis and he's, you know um, a little crazy and, uh, you know, he can get that disheveled hair thing going and, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's just interesting seeing that. I guess that's what I'd say. Um, I I'd say it's, it's fun. Well, my gosh, there's innuendo in this line, but it was fun seeing Laura Dern. Um, yes. I mean, you know, I mean how, you know, now, but the thing that I get with it is it's like, okay, (laughs) we saw a whole lot of Laura Dern and I I don't think of myself as a prude, but it's like, you know, it it feels like late night Cinemax movies, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, it it, it, it was kind of like, why is, why is that all in there? Like, what are, what are we establishing with that? You know? Um, Other than it just being there.
1: Well, it was, it was definitely a progression of her part from Blue Velvet because in blue velvet remember she was very much the the very innocent um you know did not understand the the way things work in the real i'm using quote fingers here in the real Mm -hmm. world and and you remember that there was in in blue velvet she ended up thinking that her boyfriend was uh cheating on her with someone else and then that woman shows up naked on her front lawn
0: Mm i don't know if you remember
1: that part of the movie or not but um so that very clearly kind of, we've progressed from there in this movie. And um, yeah, I, I think the idea was, I mean, her, her character's personality is still almost this, almost childlike innocence. Almost, but my but gosh, what happened to
0: her when she was a child? Well, Ruh. I know,
1: I know. And it's it's almost, I mean, it's like this childlike innocence, but also mixed with, eh, very much not a whole lot of innocence there at all. Um, mm-hmm. But on the surface, kind of her demeanor and, and how she presents herself is very much like very naive is kind of mm-hmm. how she presents herself when really I'm not sure how naive she really is but and, and that may play into what we've already said about David Lynch is that you've got something that on the surface it looks like the way you would expect it to look but then under the surface there's a there's a there's a sea of rot going on under the surface okay
0: yeah And and again, I mean, I I get that. And okay, maybe that's that deep meaning that I'm supposed to understand. But it's sort of like, I I mean, I'm not very compelled by the story. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking into, you know, like, wow, these characters, this is really insightful. I mean, I'm not walking around any more or less than I would have been if I had not seen this movie. Like looking around saying, oh man, society is really falling apart. I I just, I mean, it was like, it was a show that was, it was a movie that was just telling a really warped and twisted story. And I'm I'm not sure what my takeaway is going to be, you know, that that's again. And I might be saying word for word, what I said when I was reviewing the other picture, but it's like, okay, I understand that we're trying to show rot in society, but give us something that has maybe a little bit less zany and a little bit more realistic characters. Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, this was almost cartoonish.
1: Right. Well, and ultimately that's why I think David Lynch is not for us because that is his style. His, his style is he's going to comment on society and he's going to comment on all of those different things. And he's going to do it in a very surrealist way. Mm -hmm. So I don't, with him and, and and admittedly, I have not watched a ton of his movies, Mm -hmm. um, but with him, I think that's what you're going to get is I think you're, you're not going to shy away from the zany because I think that's part of his message is I want to show you all of this stuff and I want to show you using using a, a, a surreal lens, using ridiculousness, using, you know, eccentricities and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I don't think, I think if you go into a David Lynch movie, you you have to expect that going into yeah. it. And then I think that's what we said about Blue Velvet too, was it's like, well, we hadn't seen this before, hadn't really had a whole lot of expo- exposure to his movies and uh, ok. I, I'm sure somebody likes this, and and I don't want to I don't want to belittle its quality, but at the same time, I just don't like it. It's right. Not for me. right. So so for you, the what works is getting to see kind of the early stages of the Nicolas Cage persona. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, which I, I did read something that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Nicolas Cage said that this movie was kind of one of the first times that he felt like he really started to move from uh, method acting to uh, character acting Mm -hmm. and so uh, if for anybody who's not sure about the difference between method acting and character acting method acting is it's very much based on reality and trying Mm -hmm. to get into the mind and the emotions of the character character acting is a little bit more like it's it's almost a cartoonish is not the right word but it's the word I'm going to use because that's the word we've used a couple times now just in the last minute Um, Mm -hmm. character acting is more Eccentricities about the character. It's not so much getting to, well, what would a person like this really feel? What would a person like this, if I was in this situation, what would I really feel? And character acting is a little bit more, um, well, I'm, I'm just going to come up with some crazy stuff. This guy's going to wear a snake skin, snake skin jacket. He's going to talk like Elvis. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be kind of weird and eccentric. And so he said, this was one of the first movies where he really felt like a director was pushing him to get outside of, The the idea of method acting so Mm -hmm. that's probably where it probably is why part of this is where we start to see that Nicolas Cage I think you saw it a little bit in Raising Arizona but that was a comedy movie where that's definitely what you would expect and then you go to this one you know because he wasn't like this in it was a little bit different in the Moonstruck movie that was one of the other ones that we had done for the podcast a few years ago that he was in but he a little bit more of a serious role and this is one is where you start to get into that like quirky zany like there must've been something he really liked about this movie. Cause I feel like you're right. I, I think this is where we start to see the beginnings of when people look at a movie and they go, Oh, that's a Nicholas Cage movie. I think this is maybe the beginnings of that. Like you said, mm-hmm.
0: right.
1: so I was trying to think too, what works for me in this movie. And I think what works for me is the characters of sailor and Lula. Um, I think that their interactions with each other, you know, when they're having their conversations, I think that piece works for me, but only because it reminded me of, uh, there was an author that I used to read that he is uh, a short story author. He's got a couple of novels too, and I, I'm not sure that he's alive anymore. I think he died in the nineties, um, but his name is Larry Brown. And a lot of his books are just very, it's uh, it's got a very Southern flavor to it. So you could, you could just almost picture everybody speaking in a, in a Southern drawl when you read mm-hmm. these books, but it's, you know, a lot of times, it's half of his short stories I feel like are, are short stories about a couple of people sitting around drinking a couple of beers on their porch and having a conversation. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just very much small town, Southern life, you know, day to day kind of stuff. And, and you, it's, it's very much based on relationships. Um, not a lot of action in the stories necessarily, but it's, it's mm-hmm. all about relationships and, and things like that. And so I feel like that's what I liked about this movie was the relationship between the two of them. Okay. Now, now how that all continued to play out through the course of the movie, not so much. Mm-hmm. And not where so I'm, this is kind of bleeding into the what doesn't work for me is while I liked their interactions with each other, I just didn't care about them overall.
0: Right, I did not care about the characters.
1: Yeah, I, I like them as characters, but when it came down to it, if I'm trying to think of a way to say this without sounding horrible, if something horrible happened to them, I didn't really. It wasn't. I wasn't affected by it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something for somebody like David Lynch, who I feel like a lot of what he does is an attempt to shock us. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe he feels like everybody in America is just complacent. So I need to shock them into seeing, Oh, here's how life is. You're just letting things, you know, you're not recognizing the, the, the defects that are in the world around you. So I'm going to shock you into seeing what's wrong with the world around you. So maybe you can wake up and, and do something about it. That's all well and good. But I also feel like, the shocking moments in this movie were just mm-hmm. that they were shocking moments, but it didn't cause me to feel anything for these characters long-term. It didn't cause yeah. me. Yeah. I, I didn't come away with this thinking, Oh, I, I really hope, you know, when, when he got rearrested at the end of the movie and he was back in jail again, I was like, Oh, well that kind of figures. Yeah. I, I didn't really care. Like I just didn't feel, I, I feel like normally in a movie like this, if I knew that the the two uh, love interests had gone on this road trip and that was their plan for their future and all of a sudden it was cut short and now they have a kid and he hasn't seen his kid in almost six years and I I feel like in the back of my mind or even in the front of my mind I'd be sitting there going that's horrible how would I feel if I you know somehow had to be separated from my kid for six years and in this movie I just I kind of sat there and I was like all right yeah whatever whatever.
0: whatever whatever and and it's like I'm okay with the shock value but what are you shocking me into? Like, mm-hmm. like what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked into. I don't care. Like, I, I don't like. I'm not gonna go out and volunteer at a soup kitchen or mm-hmm. start speaking out against opioid. You like, I mean, the shock value. And I'm gonna borrow a phrase, and it might be appropriate or it might not. But you know, from the Friendly Fire uh, podcast, those guys mm-hmm. will talk about sometimes the gratuitous violence in movies. Yeah, and they will sometimes describe it as. um they'll describe it as pornographic. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, man, that's an interesting use of that word. I wonder how that applies. And it's like, okay, I get how they're using it. And it's like, I think I want to use that here. The oh, shock yeah. value is, is here just to, I mean, I, I don't get the deeper, I, I'm not seeing it. Like, I'm not seeing the connection between that and like, like how am I, what am I supposed to be empowered to go see after seeing something like this? You know, like, what What are my eyes being open to? Oh, man, you just don't see the truth. Okay, well, what's the truth? Like, what am I supposed to go out and feel after seeing this movie? And I, I think that's where I'm left with, okay, well, they're, they're shocking us just with the sole purpose of shocking us. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, I mean, in that sense, I mean, and obviously some of the adult scenes could be considered this, in, you know, like with the number one definition of the term, but it's like, it's, it's just, it's pornographic. It's supposed mm-hmm. to, you know, catch our attention and excite us. Mm-hmm. And, that, and it's like, well, I, I mean, that, that stuff I don't find very exciting. Drug sc- drugstore Cowboy, that movie, I was really taken with that movie. Like, ugh, wow. I mean, and there were a lot of difficult scenes in that movie. Mm-hmm. But at least that left me with something. You, that movie I had a completely different reaction to. Um, that movie left me with a, man, I, 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 am, I do need to retool. I do need to, you know, it's kind of, you know, shift shift the lens a little bit, shift the focus on how I view, you know, the drug problem and the drug culture in in the United States. I'm going to say another movie and a boy, I haven't seen it in a long time. And maybe I'm way off with this, but leaving Las Vegas, that didn't really paint a happy tale. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're kind of left with, wow, this is, you know, look at, look at what happens with, you know, these, these people that are just kind of like, and they're not living a very positive life. And, I, but I cared about them. That's the thing, too. Like, I, I mean, I don't, wouldn't want to aspire to be them, but I, I, like, I, I cared about those characters. I, I don't care about these characters. Like, I, I don't care about the message. I can't see the message. I mean, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like in the original Star Wars. Find the controls that extend the bridge. I think I just shot them. It's not connecting for me how the imagery we're seeing the shock value we're seeing, what is that shocking us right. into? Like, I, I don't feel enlightened after seeing it. I don't see the, the dawning of, oh my gosh, that's what, you know, that's what's going on that I missed in society. It just seems to be shock value for shock value's mm-hmm. sake.
1: Well, and it's, I, I wonder if, and again, fully admitting that I have not seen a lot of David Lynch's movies, but I wonder if part of it too is, is this early enough on for him that, he's not quite there yet like he's trying to figure out how to shock us into caring about something and just for me i maybe there are other people that that just have an emotional reaction to this movie they love it with every fiber of their being and 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 it just it reaches them on levels heretofore unknown you know to humankind but Mm -hmm. i don't know it just it doesn't seem like it's it's you're right it's not making that connection it's not connecting the i want to shock you into caring i want to shock you into doing something it's it's a call to action it's a you know i'm trying to shock you into empathizing with these characters but there's a disconnect it just doesn't it just it doesn't mm-hmm. get there it's 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 just the shock and we haven't we haven't followed through with the rest of the now i've shocked you care about these people and care about what happens to them because right. i just i just don't they come across as caricatures and so i can have a little bit of fun watching them but then when it's all said and done i mean it, it almost feels like in some ways you've sat through a, a two-hour cartoon where people are getting anvils dropped on their head right you know so it's like right. Wiley coyote and the road runner for two hours and five minutes and you mm-hmm. know it, not even quite as funny as that
0: no exactly
1: so there there was a lot that i kind of hoped this movie would be you know just based on the people that were in it and, and everything else and it just didn't It just didn't, for me, it just didn't get there. Right. So the other thing that I I was having a little bit of a hard time trying to understand was the whole Wizard of Oz imagery in this. And, you know, things, and and it kept getting more intense as it went on. Like they kept mentioning Wizard of Oz a little bit here and there towards the beginning of the movie. And then as you get further in, you see like the the mother is looking through a crystal ball Mm -hmm. and and she can see them. And it's, it's very much like the Wizard of Oz with the witch. Um, and then later on there's a scene where Lula is like she wants to be rescued from the situation she's in so she's tapping her uh, red high-heeled shoes together like it's ruby slippers and then the part that just it, it just decided it was full on well you know what it's the end of the movie let's just go with it um, is when he confronts is it is confronted by that street gang and uh, he, he calls them uh, a not very nice name and they then proceed to beat him into the ground and as he's laying there in the street, he looks up and Glenda, the good witch of the north, comes floating down out of the sky and tells him that if he loves something, he shouldn't let it go, that he needs to go back to Lula and and that she loves him too. And, and then he jumps up and he thanks the gang for beating him and tells them he's really learned a lesson. And then he screams Lula's name and, and runs off and finds her car in traffic and they live happily ever after, maybe. All right. Well, um, I I was going to mention really fast and then we can get on into our three questions is I I tried to look up, I was like, Oh, just let me, give me an idea of who else is, is similar in style to David Lynch. You know, who is, who is it that's making movies now that's similar in style? And so I found a few different people and I, I looked up to see, like, have I seen many of their movies? And I have, and I like their movies a lot better. So you know, I, I, maybe that says something about if they learn from him, but, uh, you know, I, maybe I just like their style a whole lot better, so so I did look up a few of them, and um, some of them are, uh, let's see, there was uh, David Robert Mitchell is uh, considered to be a similar, you know, being influenced by David Lynch, and he did a couple of different, the only one of his I think that I've seen is It Follows, which is a horror movie, um, but I actually really liked it, thought it was a really well done horror movie, had a, a very different take on it, um, These these uh, teenagers are being followed by an entity that will never stop following them, There there is one particular thing that they can do to get the entity to stop following them, but uh, once they do this, it kind of passes the curse on to someone else, and you just have to keep passing the curse on, um, And and ultimately, you're just kind of you're not getting rid of this thing. You're just passing it to the next person and then hoping that it never comes back for you at some point. Um, so that was kind of a fun movie. I did like that one. Uh, Jonathan Glazer was another one and he, let's see, I was looking real fast what he did. Um, he did a movie called under the skin, which has some kind of weird imagery to it and, and kind of weird music and other stuff. but I still really enjoyed it. Um, Basically, in that movie, uh, Scarlett Johansson is an alien that has landed, I think, in Scotland, and uh, she is kind of, um, for lack of a better term, she is uh, kidnapping people and feeding on them and stealing their skin. Mm, Okay. And so she, you know, she has, she, she's wearing someone else's skin. That's why she looks like Scarlett Johansson, but um, you know, she's this kind of inky black alien underneath and throughout the whole movie, she's just kind of like seducing men and, and bringing them, you know, back to her spaceship and like stealing the life out of them. Mm, okay, good. So good. it was, it was weird. It was quirky, but it was actually kind of a fun movie. Um, another one, another director that was similar is Richard Kelly and he directed the movie Donnie Darko. Did you ever see that one?
0: No, but I've heard of it.
1: Yeah. That one was good, too. I mean, it's definitely got some absurd stuff, but I I feel like in in all of these movies I've listed so far, I cared about the characters. And I think that's where some of this was missing. The last one I found on this list here was Darren Aronofsky, and he's done several movies that I either have a problem with or um, some of them I kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of those that were kind of like the the shocking for the sake of being shocking were things like Requiem for a Dream. Um, he did that one, he did Noah, so I really don't like that one, oh. and uh, that, that doesn't really help that case, but, um, you know, uh, so there's some stuff here or there, but it seems like some of these people that were influenced by David Lynch, I'm like, well, oh, I like their movies, so right. maybe it's just, maybe it maybe it needs to be, and I don't want to call, when somebody's influenced by somebody else, I was about to say, maybe it's just a watered-down version of of his stuff, and I don't want to say that about those directors, because just because you're influenced by somebody doesn't mean it's it's a watered-down version of it but I think I just don't like his take on his own style. Right. Um, If there's other people that are influenced by it, whatever they bring to it, that's different. Mm -hmm. I just feel like for me, they did it better.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And I think we've hit the nail on the head, at least for, you know, what I struggle with. And I know you mentioned it too. And it's just, I mean, I could tolerate the style and there not being whiz bang action and the good guys winning. I can tolerate all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But just let me care about the characters. Right. I mean, I just don't even care.
1: Right. Right. Well, should we jump into three questions? Do you care about three questions?
0: I care about three questions. I, I care. I care.
1: I feel like we're just going to quote Star Wars stuff all night.
0: I would like to talk about Star Wars. Just, there's
1: nothing wrong with that. All right, three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. Three questions I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions. Question number one, if you were going to hire a bounty hunter or tracker to catch someone, which fictional or non-fictional bounty hunter would you hire? And I, I will let us go first, but we also did have several, um, several people chimed in from the Twitter sphere, mm-hmm. and uh, we, can, we can throw those in there too. But what do you got, Pat?
0: I'll start with the man with, the, the, the man with no name from, uh, from For a Few Dollars More. I I think, well, he was the man with no name, but um, I think they, uh, I think they referred to him as Manco or some, they had some nickname for him, but uh, Clint Eastwood character in the uh, man with no name or in the, um, for a few dollars more.
1: Um, So mine, I decided to go with uh, Leonard Smalls from Raising Arizona. Okay. So the, the, like the big dirty looking guy on the motorcycle that was like a fire shooting out all over the place and you know, the one that was trying to track down the baby.
0: Right. Right.
1: So I would go with that one. I, there's, there's plenty of other obvious choices like the Mandalorian or somebody like that. But, um, you know, I was like, ah, uh, let's go, let's even stick with like a Nicholas cage theme. Let's go with raising Arizona. So I'm going to pick Leonard smalls from raising Arizona. All right, man. Well played. So off the, uh, off the Twitters, we had, uh, Jason Colvin at jay J Colvin 24. He said, uh, there's only one correct answer here. And it's the Mandalorian. And then he proceeded to tweet me three more times and say, okay, well maybe also Boba Fett. Uh, Okay. Maybe also IG 11. Okay. Maybe also Bosk. (laughs) So basically listed pretty much every, every bounty hunter from Star Wars. Uh, He did specifically though, tweet later on and say everybody, but for Lom and Zuckus. So not those two guys. Uh, at Tristan Martin from Twitter also said, uh, Reno rains from Renegade.
0: Oh, dang. Well played. <laughs> well, played.
1: I, figured, I figured you'd like that one. Yeah,
0: that's awesome.
1: Have but, you still been watching that on Tubi?
0: Oh, you have no idea. Have you? you have no idea. In fact, I, I just want to say a personal triumph of mine was I was telling my dad, because my dad is looking for different shows that I'm like, dad, there's this thing called Tubi TV. You got to check mm. it out. And the other day he's like, hey you're not gonna believe it i downloaded the app onto the out of the you know tv wow Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fun stuff on there i'm like i know so yeah Yeah. i I most certainly because yeah anytime you just need to like i don't want to say not think but just not think and just enjoy the renegade Mm -hmm. is the perfect show so you said tristan said that one yeah well oh dude that's awesome well played
1: yeah (laughs) all right question number two who is the most intense movie mother
0: Most
1: intense movie mother. So of a, of a mother in a movie who would be the most intense. Oh, and I'm sorry. I, let me back up for a second. There was another, um, this kind of came in just as we were, um, kind of just as we were getting ready to record. I, I, happen to spot this on here. Um, there is another Twitter account that sometimes we'd interact with. And actually I they have sent me some t-shirts from their business at um, movie Okay, So it's at M O V I T E E S. They also responded to a couple of these and I, I, I completely forgot to include theirs here when I wrote down the uh, you know, some of the answers for what other people had shared to our questions here. So they had mentioned that let me pull theirs up real quick um they had mentioned for if someone to track them down would be uh jack walsh from midnight run okay so that was a good one
0: good one good choice
1: um so let's see back to this other uh, back to our second question here so most intense movie mother um so i'll, I'll do the twitters first uh at yeah. J colvin 24 said the mom from home alone okay She's very intense and in a a very panicked way. Mm -hmm. Uh, James D. Graves at James D. Graves uh, said the evil stepmother from Cinderella. Yeah. You go at movie tease said the mom from throw mama from the train.
0: Mm Mhm.
1: And uh, let's see an at sooner born 1972 said Joan Crawford from the movie Mommy Dearest. Right. Uh, I said Piper Laurie as Margaret White in the movie Carrie like the old Mm -hmm. um, horror movie Carrie with Sissy Spacek in it. Have you ever seen that one?
0: Uh, no, but I don't yeah. love it. And I've, I think I've seen parts of it.
1: She's she's super intense. Yeah. I said, That that whole that whole scene too, that, where she just keeps repeating, they're all going to laugh at you like that when she's repeating that over and over again. And just, it's, yeah, it's just creepy.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if I can top that list. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't think I really have anything that can better what was already said.
1: Okay. No, no mothers to just make you think, yikes.
0: Yeah, I really, and that was kind of one of the ones like you jumped into the Twitter spheres um, uh, for that, for the answers. And that was kind of like in preparing for the three questions, I was like, man, I'm going to have the other guys go first just because I need my memory jog. Like I can't really think of anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got nothing else to add. If I think of something, I'll, I'll throw it in. But, uh,
1: okay, all right. Yeah, I, I did uh, when when the at movie teas uh, had had sent they actually put a gif of the mom from Throw Mama from the Train,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and it was a part of the movie where where she goes Owen doesn't have a friend, you know that line in the movie where she right. kind of like gets up in the in the person's face and, and says Owen doesn't have, like I'm Owen's friend. Owen doesn't have a friend, um, and I looked at that and I was like that that is why that scene in Lord of the Rings the Two Towers is so familiar when Smeagol when Gollum says nobody likes you. You don't have any friends. It looks, it's she and and Gollum look almost exactly the same.
0: Awesome.
1: Almost exactly the same. That's why that scene was so familiar when I saw it for the first time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Awesome. Throw, throw, I I think I tweeted back to them. I said, yeah, that comes from that uh, black comedy movie. Throw Gollum from the precipice. (laughs)
0: Nice.
1: All right. So question number three, several times during early screenings of the movie, go figure, several people walked out. Have you ever walked out of a movie without finishing it?
0: No, I've finished it all, but there have been movies that have made me come very, very, very close. Okay. Um,
1: Not including this one. What movies would those have been?
0: Well, I got really angry with Harry Potter 4 and The Goblet of Fire.
1: Oh, I remember you telling me about that.
0: But I mean, I think it's a good movie. I just, it wasn't the book, and there was some stuff that I really enjoyed in the book that they left within the first four or five minutes of that book. Well, the first four to five minutes of the book, it, 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 the equivalent you know what was covered in the first four to five minutes of the movie they had left out some stuff from the book and i was like i, I flew into a rage stood up and told tammy we're leaving the theater to which he probably <laughs> glared at me and said sit down and i'm like yes dear and sat down yeah. and calmed down I and mean, I, I guess it's an okay movie but i got angry about that so that's kind of my silly one the only other yeah. one that i was like dude what am i watching let's leave was the movie ultraviolet um
1: okay mm-hmm. I,
0: that was a vampire
1: one, wasn't it? That's
0: the vampire one, but...
1: Was that Kate Beckinsale?
0: Yeah, I think... Well, yeah. Um, no, she was in... No? Well, I don't think so. I thought, wasn't she in Underworld or...
1: Oh, that's, that's probably what I'm thinking about. Yeah, this
0: one was a little... This one was different and it was just a weird movie. Like it. I don't think I was just... I don't think I'm not intelligent enough to understand it. I just think it was not very clear. Like, what are they fighting? What's the moment? It was kind of a hodgepodge. Um, and that Oh was, okay.
1: Oh, it's um, Mila Jovovich, yes. Okay,
0: and I was just kind of like, I uh, um, what is going on? Like, should we just head out? And um, Tammy would kind of gave me that, well, if you really want to,
1: and then I was like, well,
0: maybe it'll get better. And then I think I just went to sleep, yeah. And Tammy woke me up at the end, and then that was that. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's an outstanding, outstandingly good movie, and I just don't get it, but yeah, I. I was, I did not
1: enjoy that movie. Okay. Fair enough. I don't think I've ever seen that one, but
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. Um, So my answer for this one, we have, as far as I can remember now, there have been a few movies that we've thought, Oh man, I kind of wish we would have walked out of that one. Um, One of them being the aforementioned Noah. I did not like that movie at all. Um, oh, Oh man. I even wish because sometimes I'll, I'll share the, the three questions with the, the kids over dinner. If I know that we're going to be recording on, on the particular night, I'll be like, hey, guys, I've got some questions for you. Let's see if you can answer some of them for me. And um, this one, obviously, they haven't seen enough movies and they're kids. So, you know, going to a movie is just fun. They don't walk out of anything. Um, but uh, I mentioned that and I, I mentioned that I said, yeah, Noah and the kids were like, wait a minute, they made a movie about Noah and, and you wanted to walk out of it. I was like well because yes um, because Noah ends up fighting rock monsters and he like tries to kill one of his own children and they're just staring at me like wait what What? (laughs) and I said yes the bewildered look on your face is the same that dad had when he was sitting in the theater watching this steaming pile of garbage (laughs) so uh, did not walk out of that one though my wife and I both agreed we probably should have the two that I can remember now I, I think this is not one of the two I think that either we walked out or we felt like we should have walked out of it was either the second or the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Right. And I don't remember which one it was, but it was just at some point in one of those movies, we were just kind of like, you know what? This is just bad. Right. It's just not even like, there's so many other better things we could have spent our $15 on that. uh, Yeah. No um but the two that i i know for a fact we walked out of and we we asked for our money back um were, there's a vigo mortensen movie called a history of violence okay walked out of that one um and it there was a particular scene in that movie that was kind of the breaking point and as soon as that happened we were like nope we're, we're out of here we're gone not not sitting through this one anymore um and then the other one was the lady killers And Lady Killers was a remake um, of a movie that Sir Alec Guinness had actually played, I think, the the leading role in. And this one was done by Tom Hanks and directed by the Coen brothers, you know, who have done like, oh, brother, where art thou? And, um, you know, a whole bunch of those movies. And and so that was supposed to be like a great combination. We're like, this is going to be a great movie. It was an awful movie. It was just horrible. Um, So those are the times I can think of that we that we actually walked out of the movie and then asked for our money back. Uh, for our ticket. um but those just those two. Wow! Now,
0: how do they do with giving you money back for your tickets?
1: um You know what? It was. I, I I feel like one of the times maybe we just turned right back around and we're like, well, let's see what the next movie is at a different theater. You know, we'll, we'll give you this money back, but you know, we're we're not going to watch this movie anymore. Um, you know, I, it tends to be. And I used to work in a movie theater. If somebody leaves the theater, it's kind of a judgment call. If the movie is more than halfway over. Mm -hmm. then as, as an employee or a manager, I mean, a manager has to, has to okay it. But if the movie is more than halfway over, then it's kind of up to the manager to decide if you're going to give the person their money back. Okay. Um, you know, and, and part of that is movie theaters for the most part, they make their money on their concessions anyway. Okay. So, you know, if you, if you came and you had some popcorn and you had a drink and you enjoyed part of the movie, but then you wanted your $10 back or whatever, it really happens so few and far between. Most people don't even think that they could ask for their money back um, leaving a movie. But I think most times the the manager at the movie theater is just going to be like, ah, I want these people to come back to my theater. So if they weren't happy, sure, I'll give them their 10 bucks back and you know, no right. big deal. They probably bought $50 worth of popcorn anyway. So Yeah, my uncle did that one time too. I feel like he went to, he took his kids to a movie and that even the kids thought the movie was awful and so they just, they walked out and got their money back.
0: Yeah. I just, I just wonder how that all goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, I, for the, I I worked in a movie theater for probably a year and a half, maybe almost two years. And I don't recall, I don't recall anybody ever asking for their money back um, during that stretch of time. So it doesn't happen, doesn't happen very often. Got it. Now, granted, that was the same stretch of time that the Lord of the Rings movies were coming out, and you had Revenge of the Sith, and you had uh, The Last Samurai, and all kinds of really good stuff, so there's no reason to ask for your money back with those movies. No,
0: no. You should be making yeah. a donation.
1: Right, right. Uh, on Twitter, uh, at J. Colvin24 said, Last Action Hero, though he admits that he may have just been in a bad mood, and he needs to give that one another try. Okay. Uh, and at James D. Graves said, Showgirls and Jaws 3D. Okay, I can see all that. I'm sorry, no, Jaws, Jaws 3 in 3D. Okay. So.
0: I can see all that. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think his exact comment, or uh, may have been Jason's reply to his comment, was uh, he said something like, I'll agree with you on the Showgirls one. Um, somehow that movie made naked women boring.
0: Yeah, I've heard that
1: too. Like, okay. I haven't seen that one, have no desire to see it, but I will take their word for it. Right. All right. Well, I don't think there's really too much else we feel like we need to say about wild at heart. We're 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 certainly not wild about it.
0: No, we certainly aren't, but I think we no. gave it a pretty fair do. And I think we've got to the, the root cause of at least I feel like I can put my finger on why it where it failed for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so yeah. Different it was yeah. a different movie.
1: Yeah, yeah um i was going to try to i was i was going to look ahead really fast just to kind of see you know in in the years going forward now that we've hit 1990 in the years going forward what other movies are we going to have that are david lynch movies and um you know i twin peaks was a tv series that came out around about this time and i know it's ridiculously uh popular at the time and i i believe they're even bringing it back right now if they haven't already um Oh, they did, they did. I I was looking back on here real quick. They brought it back in 2017. It had, looks like it had 18 episodes. So, and I know that there have been other Twin Peaks, you know, they've kind of brought it back here and there a few different times, but it seems like in the last few years, he's really mostly done short films, like just real short stuff, um, a few things here and there, but yeah, so I don't know how much more David Lynch we're going to get until we get to maybe like late nineties, early two thousands. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. All right. Well, in the meantime, uh, thanks for being here with me, Pat.
0: Well, thanks, John. It was fun. uh, It was fun talking movies and um, even the ones we don't like, it was, it was, uh, it was fun trying to wrap our heads around it.
1: Oh yeah. Always. All right. Well, I think coming up soon, uh, let me take a look real fast at our uh, upcoming movies here. We got coming up real soon. Uh, mermaids is going to finish out the love is in the air month for us and then in march we've got planes and automobiles with air america memphis bell days of thunder and cadillac man and then in april if you want to get really far ahead we've got dances with wolves the hunt for red october navy seals and rocky five so that's what we got coming out soon next week we'll be back here with mermaids so be excellent to each other go watch some good movies and we'll see you back here next week for mermaids